Hi everyone, I'm Amber Rose, the Religious Hippie, and welcome to A Catholic's Perspective. For those of you just finding this podcast, let me tell you a little about myself. I was born and raised a cradle Catholic until I fell away from the church for eight years. I just recently came back to the church and I could not be happier with where I am today. I am currently a junior in college and I'm studying graphic design. I am an ambassador for multiple amazing Catholic Christian companies and I love working with all of them. Now, some of you may already know me from my popular religious hippie social media channels, such as TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have all kinds of Catholic content on there, so don't forget to go check those out. So the reason I wanted to start a podcast was so that I'd be able to have a longer format which people could listen to from wherever they are. I particularly wanted to address issues that young Catholics face today in the secular world, and I want to do that by providing information along with commentary and even a little of my own opinion. I can't lie, from time to time I might be discussing very controversial issues, and some will find my opinions unappealing. But I do this out of my faith and service to God. We must keep communicating with each other, respecting each other, and put each other on the path to sainthood. I think you'll enjoy the podcasts coming up, and I thank you for being here with me. Hey everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. Hi Todd, my producer is here with me today. How are you? Pretty good. How are you, Amber? I'm doing well. I'm excited for today's podcast. You know, I would uh, I would say, I would wish you a happy lit, but I don't think that's actually appropriate to say. <laughs> I was actually looking it up before the show because today our topic is about Lent, right? Yes. So yes, it is. You can't really say happy Lent, although people do it, <laughs> but you should say it needs to be like a solemn Ash Wednesday or you know, may you all have a blessed and reflective Lent. Like it has to be something more formal. So I guess that's what I'll say to you today. <laughs> yeah, that is totally appropriate for today. I mean, the thing is, is that when this podcast is coming out, Lent, we're already going to be in within like three or four weeks of Lent. But at the same time, I still feel like there's some people that might not know what to give up for Lent, might not know what to add, etc. So I think this podcast is for people like me who still kind of tend to struggle with um, figuring out what to give up for Lent. I know I kind of have my basis, but as I go through Lent, I kind of come up with more ideas, more things to add, to uh, give up. So hopefully this this one will uh, help some people like that. For sure. I'm really interested in what you have to say about this. I'm curious what um, what the realistic things are you can do for Lent versus the things that might be more difficult or challenging for people. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, overall, there are some things that are, you know, super realistic that we can do that aren't maybe easy. But uh, many of us, we have like everyday lives, we can't always, um, I don't know, do the hardcore Lenten traditions that we would like to do. But then there's those people that do like to go hardcore. So I'm going to be giving ideas for both types of people, just in case your lifestyle is one or the other. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, to today's episode. So why don't you get into telling everyone about Lent? Let's get into this. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I want to address is what Lent is. Lent is a time of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Those are the three pillars of Lent. Lent lasts for 40 days. It begins on Ash Wednesday, and it ends on the evening of Holy Thursday. This is a time of repentance, forgiveness, and, you know, it's really a good time to change as we try to imitate Jesus's example of suffering leading up to Calvary. And then, of course, we prepare for the resurrection of Jesus on Easter Sunday. During Lent, you know, we remember our baptismal vows, seek the Lord through scripture, give thanks in alms, and practice self-control by fasting. All very important things. And I actually wanted to quote the Bible here. In John 3.30, it states, he must increase, I must decrease. And I think that is just so perfect for Lent because this is really a time when we can turn from our sinful ways and Jesus can increase in our souls, which I believe is super important. Now, I know we already are into Lent, as I mentioned in the beginning, but you know, sometimes there's stragglers who still don't know what to add or give up. So I decided to give you guys some ideas. Hopefully you guys enjoy these ideas. So with that being said, here are 10 things you can add or give up for Lent. Five are going to be realistic and the other five are going to be for more hardcore people, if you know what I mean. So without further ado, let's get into that. We're going to start off with the realistic things. Now, this could be for basically anybody who just has a really busy schedule and can't really keep up with the hardcore Lenten practices that we have nowadays. And then um, there's like a couple other things that you can do. So your favorite food is going to be one of them. Giving up your comfort food is realistic. You know, I think that's pretty realistic. My comfort food personally is dark chocolate with orange peel, but because I'm already doing the Fiat 90, I am unable to have it as usual. So uh, this has actually really taught me a lot about self-control and kind of like self-denial, which is super important during Lent. So instead of eating for comfort, I now have a cup of tea or I read a good book or I go to the gym. Sometimes it's as simple as doing some tidying and listening to a good song. So consider giving up a comfort food for Lent because even though it seems fairly easy, it will still teach you a lot about self-denial and self-control, which are two important factors during Lent. The second thing you can do is pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet daily. Prayer is so powerful during Lent, and we really want to draw closer to God, and the Divine Mercy Chaplet is a great way of doing that. Set aside a certain time every day that works best for you, and keep it consistent as possible. This way, you get into a routine, and it's more um, present. You're more you're more able to get into that routine, and you're be um, and it becomes consistent. So then after that, usually the Divine Mercy Chaplet really only takes 20 to 30 minutes to pray. And it's really beneficial in conversions, among other things. So that's a great thing to really add to your Lenten practices. The third thing you can do for my realistic folks is go to the gym or work out three days a week or more if you can. I work out every day because I am, again, a part of the Fiat 90, and that is a part of our um, devotion. Um, but our bodies and souls are 
intertwined. You know, um, what we do with our bodies affects our souls and vice versa. It is very vital that we are taking care of our bodies mentally, physically, and spiritually. Working out is obviously one of the ways we can feel like we are want to do, but never end up staying consistent. Obviously we want to keep working out, you know, but I feel like it's really hard to stay consistent when working out. Now it is, now is the time to implement a consistent workout routine and stick to it, especially since our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. We should be treating them with respect and we should be working out and taking care of them. We praise God when we take care of his creation. So working out and getting that blood pumping can be super beneficial this Lenten year. The fourth thing you can do is you can give up sweet drinks or adding things to your drinks. I'm already doing this because that is a part of the Fiat 90. And honestly, drinking black coffee is something I've grown to enjoy. Plus, it's a lot healthier not to have, you know, milk and sugar and stuff in your coffee. A lot of people would always ask me, do you want some coffee with your sugar? And I would be like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) But now um, it's a little different. I have actually grown to really like black coffee and black tea. Um, Soda has never really been a huge issue for me. I would love to enjoy it on occasion, but I never really have it in the house and it's not something I really go to if I want sugar. But for some people, I know soda is a huge part of their life. Um, So it's really up to you to cut it out of your diet and start implementing healthier drinks and smoothies and things of that nature because those can be super beneficial to our bodies as well. Remember, we want to take care of our bodies and that's another way we can do it is by eating things that are healthy and cutting out those sugary drinks, stuff like that. So keep that in mind. Maybe that's something you could give up for Lent. The fifth thing for my realistic folks is pray for a person every day during Lent. This is something that I've implemented because I think in general, we should be praying for each other all the time, but it's especially, you know, special during Lent. It really is because as Christians, it's our duty to pray for each other. As James 5.16 states, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. I would definitely suggest writing a list of people. Um, This way you have a idea of the people you wanna pray for. So write out 40 names on a list and then every day just pick one to pray for and after you pray for them, cross them off the list. And within 40 days, you have prayed for 40 people. So I think that's really, really helpful because as Christians, we need to pray for each other, as I mentioned, as James 5.16 stated. And not just that, but we also need to care for each other. And prayer is a way that we do that. Obviously, you can go out and find your own Calcutta. You know, um, Mother Teresa, she was a nun and helped in the slums of Calcutta. Well, find your own Calcutta. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. Maybe it's, you know, in your school district, whatever it might be. And help those in need. Help those who need prayers, but maybe not just prayers, but also maybe they need to be talked to. Maybe they need groceries picked up. You never know. So praying is really important. But of course, if you can do more, find your own Calcutta and help those in need. Now, (laughs) on to my hardcore Lenten people. I think this is a little difficult because I'm doing some of these for Fiat 90. 
And every now and then I get weak and I just, I feel like I just can't do it. Um, but believe me, it's worth it. And the sacrifice is, it'll teach you a lot. Trust me. So the first one I have for our hardcore Lenten people is take cold showers or baths. I still struggle with these <laughs> and I've been doing them for almost like two and a half months now. Um, I just, I don't know. It's very difficult for me. Sometimes I have to take a lukewarm shower and then I turn the faucet slowly over to colder as my shower ends. And then I start praying Hail Marys as I go through it because I'm like, oh, it's so cold. Also it's winter. So that doesn't help. Um, but in Jesus's time, and of course, in many parts of the world still today, they didn't have heated water, actually. They didn't have wa like hot water to shower or to bathe in. Um, so I think we can really connect with Jesus's time in that aspect when we take cold showers. Plus, cold showers are a great way of denying your flesh. I think we all want to feel warm and cozy and comfortable. How many times in this world are we told that being comfortable is more important, you know, than anything else, than, than denying our, our flesh or anything like that? Constantly, this world has been accommodated to make us more comfortable. Look, we have fast food. We have knowledge at our fingertips in our pockets. We have homes that have heating, air conditioning. We have all these things that are made for comfort. This is a good time to really deny yourself of those comforts. And cold, cold showers, as I mentioned, is a good way to do that. The cold is also actually really great for your skin. I'm not going to lie. My skin has gotten a lot softer. I have less acne. And overall, um, I don't know, my skin's become less sensitive. It's very interesting. And my hair's also become a lot healthier. It's a little bit longer and shinier. And overall, I just, I don't know, it, it seems healthier. So it's um, it'll also help uh, with your water bill. I'm just saying, because uh, your shower time will be cut in half. Speaking from experience, you want to get in and you want to get out and that's that. Honestly, I can shower in five minutes easily and I've timed myself, so I know that. <laughs> and I think that's just something that's really helpful as well. You can save money during Lent by taking cold showers. So definitely keep that one in mind. The second tip I have for you guys is no TV, social media, or music. Yikes. Now, of course, you guys can choose just one of those things, but if you want to go hardcore, do them all, honestly. I don't think this one really honestly needs that much explaining, but the secular media has always been anti-Christian, and I know a lot of people who get stressed by just scrolling aimlessly through social media. Me. <laughs> That's me. I'm calling myself out on this. <laughs> but if you're like that as well, this might be a good thing to implement into Lenten season, just mainly because you know, we hear God when we are silent, when our minds are quiet and we can focus on him and him alone. And I think it's just so important in a world that tries to distract us with billboards, shiny lights and music and everything, honestly, that we can really shut that off and we can spend time with God, which is what really matters. Because we use all of these things as a distraction, more or less, at least, instead of actually doing what we need to do. Um, it could be procrastinating from prayer, from homework or whatever it might be. Maybe you're just like relaxing and listening to music or TV or whatever it might be. But in general, in a world that is so distracting, 
be the person who can't get distracted by it. That is super important, but also very difficult. So that's a great one to choose from. Again, you can pick one or you can give up all three. I just, I don't know. I think it would just be such an amazing blessing to be able to turn off the TV and the social media and not even think about it, not even think about what's going on in the world, not even think about what's buzzing and going on in your friend group. It just, I don't know. I feel like there's so much peace that comes from that. So definitely keep that one in mind. The third thing you guys can do for my hardcore peoples is you can read one Christian book every week. Whoa. All right. Hold the phone. Every week? Yes, you heard me correctly. I think this is a great challenge, especially for us bookworms. I'm just saying I might not be the top of the list of bookworms, but I'm definitely not like somebody who hates reading. I'm kind of in the middle. I have about five books that I'm reading right now, and I read about a chapter of them every day. And honestly, I've learned a lot from them. Now, obviously, I wouldn't pull out the Confessions of St. Augustine and expect to read it in a week. But, you know, I'm going to give you guys some book suggestions that I enjoy and that I think are doable. So the first one I suggest is the Beginning Apologetics series. You can find these on Amazon or probably a local Catholic store if you do have them. They're really, really short books. They almost look like magazines, but they have so much Catholic catechesis and information jammed into that book, like the smallest book you've ever seen. And it's so easy to read. You could easily read it in a day and the series you could probably read in a week. I'm not going to lie. It's really great stuff. The second one I would suggest is See How She Loves Us. This is about 50 approved Marian apparitions. And this is just a great book in general because it's not super long, but there are so many diverse Marian apparitions to learn about that I just think it's a great one to learn during Lent. The third one is The Imitation of Christ. If you guys follow me on my YouTube channel, you hear me talk about The Imitation of Christ basically almost in every video. I'm not going to lie. I am a huge fan of The Imitation of Christ. And, re and the, um, the fourth one that I kind of piggyback off of that is The Imitation of Mary. I haven't exactly started that one yet, but it is the same size as The Imitation of Christ, and I am so excited to dive into that one. The fifth book I suggest is Swords and Shadows. This is basically about um, spiritual warfare and it has really great prayers and stories. And it's really inspiring, honestly, it's super inspiring. The sixth one I suggest is Karen. Karen is a book that is based off of a true story. It's about a woman, um, a mom basically, who has kids kids obviously you want to be a mom without kids um <laughs> but she has three kids she has Karen who is the oldest then Marie and then she has Rory and Karen was born with CP which is cerebral palsy and they go through this whole story of how Karen grew in her Catholic faith and became confirmed. And it's just such a blessing to be able to read this story because it's based on true events. And keep in mind that this story takes place during World War II around that, uh, around that era. Um, so cerebral palsy really wasn't known that well. And um, this family really kickstarted uh, those cerebral palsy, um, I, I, 
kind of like organizations and awareness. And uh, it's just really inspiring. Super great read, and I highly suggest it. The seventh book I suggest is How to Have Your Life Not Suck. Now, this isn't exactly a Catholic book. It is a Protestant book, technically. But this book is honestly so well-written. I really do enjoy it. And it's mainly for the ladies, but I do believe that some men can really benefit from this as well. And the book bases around the story of Ruth and how to be a strong woman and, you know, really get ahead in life and dress properly and all of those things while still keeping your femininity. And it's just a really inspiring story. The book really isn't that long at all. And I learned a lot from it. I highlighted basically every page in that book. <laughs> so it has a lot of great life lessons and I highly suggest it. The eighth book I suggest is The Story of a Soul. And I'm sure all of you guys are familiar with this book. It's basically the biography of St. Therese of the Little Flower. Um, but I just, I don't know. There's something about this book that I think is just perfect for Lent. It goes through her trials and how she always trusts in God and is always turning to him. And it's just amazing to see her align her sufferings with Christ's. And that's what we should be doing during this Lenten season. Now, of course, there are a lot of uh, like a lot more books that I could probably recommend, but we would be here all day. So those are my top eight books I would recommend you guys get started on for Lent. The fourth thing for my um <clears throat> excuse me, the fourth thing for my more hardcore Lenten people is to give up meat. Now, traditionally, people would go full out vegan during Lent, and I do believe they still do this in the Eastern Rite churches. I know the Orthodox do, but um, pretty sure the Eastern Rites do that. See, now I wanted to do this, but I do rely on meat as a big protein when I'm not abstaining. So I decided to just cut out red meat instead. I see a lot of people doing that as well. So I still have chicken and fish as a protein source. Um, I just can't have like red meat, if that makes sense. I know people who are vegan and do it so well, but I am not one of those people. <laughs> but whether you decide to go vegan or vegetarian, I think it will be good learning experience unless you're already vegan or vegetarian. Then in that case, this probably wouldn't apply to you. <laughs> All right. The fifth thing I would suggest for my hardcore Lenten people is to wear only dresses, skirts, or cover your hair for 40 days. I know some women who have done this and it has totally changed their life. They learn to be more humble and embrace their femininity this way. And if you enjoy it a lot, you can even go into Marian modesty, which is a beautiful devotion of only wearing dresses or skirts. There's a lot more that goes into it, obviously, but um, that's kind of like the summary of what Marian modesty is. And I just think that is absolutely beautiful. So consider giving up pants, honestly, for Lent. I know it can seem pretty demanding and difficult, but I think it's going to be less difficult than a lot of people play it up to be. I, I don't think it's really going to be that much of a difference. Um, you might get your skirt caught on stuff and you might trip a couple times, 
I'm totally not speaking from experience. Um, <laughs> but I do believe that that is just something that is so profound for us to only wear skirts and dresses like what they used to do back in Jesus's time. And even, you know, I don't think we started really wearing pants until like, what was it? The 1950s, 1960s. So to go back to those traditional roots for 40 days, I feel like would be so cool. And if you don't end up loving it, of course, you can always go back to wearing pants. But if you do, maybe it's a new devotion that kind of like unlocked for you. You know, like how you just like unlock devotions, kind of like a video game, but um, <laughs> devotion unlocked. Um, so I think that would be a really cool idea. Now, because this one was for the women, I am going to add another bonus idea for everyone that is, you know, for everyone. So the sixth idea, the bonus idea, is to give up control. I think we all know we like things done a certain way, our way. We always have a way of doing things that we think is mo more proficient, is faster. And in general, we just like it done that way. But Lent is the perfect time to give up control and to give that control to God, but not just God, also other people. If you're looking like if you're um, like, let's say you're cooking with somebody. OK, and they do something or they add something that you wouldn't normally add or do. Let them. I mean, I'm not talking about kids because let's face it, kids can add some pretty uh, strange things into into food. Um, so I'm not talking about children. <laughs> I'm talking about significant others, friends, family, etc. Um, if they want to do something a certain way, let's say they clean something differently than you. Like for me, when I clean my room, I put things into piles. I put dirty clothes, like I put dirty clothes, clean clothes, stuff that needs to be put away. And then I kind of work on each individual pile until it's all done. But I have many friends that kind of just go head first and don't put things in piles and they just start putting stuff away. Um, so th there are certain things that we do differently, but you know, if somebody wants to, I don't know, add an extra onion to your casserole or something, it's, it's not going to kill you. <laughs> so I think it would be really cool to just give that control up a little bit. And, um, in the context of giving up control to God, one of the best things you can say is Jesus, I trust in you. You can say that as many times as you need, but slowly you will begin to start trusting God more and you will give control up to him more. Obviously, it comes with a lot more penance and prayer, but those five words are very important in that transition of giving up control to God. So, you know, I hope that that would help you guys giving up control, giving you guys some ideas. Um, but yeah, so anyways, those are my 10 things you can add or give up. Some are going to be easier than others. Others are more for hardcore people. But I hope these gave you guys some ideas. For sure. I'm giving up sugar. <laughs> <laughs> How's that been going so far? We, we're like, what, a weekend? <laughs> Actually, anything, anything in the cooking world that's white. So white rice, sugar, salt. The oh, occasional cool. yeah so like uh, that's that's the stuff I, that stuff's bad for me anyways yeah. and i i always the needle always leans back toward it i try to 
stay off of it completely. And then, you know, it comes back. It's like, it's like a crack addiction to <laughs> salt and sugar and all this. I mean, it's that's terrible. technically what sugar is. It's, it's, it's crack for kids. It's yeah, basically what it is. Sure. <laughs> There's so much sugar and everything. You know, like I don't drink soft drinks. Hardly right. ever, ever have a soft drink, but, um, but there's still so much sugar in other stuff anyways. It's in and, bread. uh, I just try to, uh, yeah, in bread for sure. But, um, yeah. And a lot of fruit too. I don't like to give up fruit, but fruit does have a lot of sugar in it too. Yeah. I was going to say, I, um, because I'm doing the Fiat 90, when it comes to sugar, I would try to like, um, curve that kind of, uh, I don't know, craving by eating, gosh, what's it called? Like dried fruit, specifically like dried apricots or, and dried mangoes are two of my favorites. But even that has so much sugar in it. I'm like, I might as well just eat a normal apricot. <laughs> Detoxing off social media is a good one. Although I will put in a caveat, not podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't stop listening to podcasts. <laughs> podcasts don't, don't fall in that category. So anyone listening out there, just, you know, social media. <laughs> <laughs> Only that, you know, Audiobooks, podcasts. Catch up on what I'm doing again. <laughs> in fact, you can listen to even more religious hippie podcasts if you give up all the other social media. So, oh, yeah, that's a plus. I, that's I, a plus. I think that's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> Audiobooks, podcasts are okay in my book, I think. Absolutely. Plus, you know, they're, they're religious, so it's okay. For sure. It's in line with Lent. <laughs> Amber, great podcast today. Thank you. And thank you so much for being here. Yeah, we'll do it again in two weeks. Absolutely. I cannot wait for the next podcast to come out. So with all of that being said, I will talk to you guys in the next podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and God bless you guys. Bye. questions or comments about today's episode, email me at thereligioushippie at gmail.com or leave a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash thereligioushippie. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to A Catholic's Perspective with Amber Rose, The Religious Hippie. Please be sure and rate and review this podcast. This podcast is copyright. Any previously trademarked or copyright content is used by permission. Be sure to like and follow The Religious Hippie on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, or visit her official website at thereligioushippie.com. This podcast is produced by Todd Fisher and distributed by Metacortex Publishing. And be sure to visit metatomics.org to see our listings of other unique podcasts.